Clemson Dubcast. Boy, we have hit the ground running with August camp, barely a week in, and already some big news with the offensive line potential shakeup, I guess I should say potential. But this idea to move Walker Parks and Jordan McFadden inside to guard and putting Blake Miller, the freshman, at right tackle, and also which would mean Marcus Tate, would move to left guard to left tackle. Sounds like it's got some stickiness. Plenty of coverage analysis and intel of that and a lot more with Clemson football right now at TigerIllustrated.com. Never a better time to sign up. Always love getting together with Paul Strilo to tag team August camp for about three weeks. It's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. My good friends Blake Smith and Brooke Archenhold have been part of the podcast since the beginning, way back in August of 2018. They have an accomplished team of personal injury attorneys at Parm Smith and Archenhold based in Greenville. They are Clemson people, and their skillful attorneys have decades of experience in complicated litigation matters, taking a special interest in medical malpractice, nursing home abuse, and neglect car accident cases that have left the individuals involved in serious trouble. For a free consultation at Parm Smith and Archenhold, call 864-990-4581 or online at parhamlaw.com. That's P-A-R-H-A-M law.com. Solero Communications, formerly known as Tandem Payment, is a full-service integrated electronic payments provider powered by leading-edge technology. Solero provides a wide array of merchant solutions, simplified payments. They make onboarding, taking payments, maintaining risk management and compliance, and getting support quick and easy. At Solero, they're all about helping you achieve sustainable growth as a business. Taking payments isn't the only thing your business needs. With Solero's solutions. You can manage inventory, sell products and services via social media, schedule staff, track sales, get reports, and much, much more. Find out more about Solero at solerocommerce.com. That's C-E-L-E-R-O commerce.com. Another loyal supporter of the Dubcast is Blackacre Law Firm in Greenville, a subsidiary of Parm Smith and Archenthold. Blackacre helps South Carolina residents achieve their dreams of home ownership by providing experienced professional representation for real estate closing Attention to detail is crucial in real estate law. Blackacre is committed to making sure nothing gets by them preparing residential or commercial closings. Blackacre also offers estate planning services for their clients in the Greenville area. Find out more about Blackacre at 864-326-3507. Okay, this is long overdue. I guess like a month or maybe longer ago, we did part one of the Where Are They Now, which was the audio from the Clemson 30 series we did tracking down a bunch of former players and asking them three asking them all the same three questions number one what they're up to these days number two uh, their thoughts on Dabo Sweeney and the state of Clemson football and then number three uh, their thoughts on the landscape of college athletics with the transfer portal NIL and all that so today finally and sorry we got hung up with some other guests over the last month or so Matt Pockhorst Jim Stuckey Willie Korn, Landon Walker, Dustin Fry, LaVon Kirkland, Robert Carswell, and Woody Dantzler. Great stuff here. We'll start with old Matt Bockhorst. Enjoy. Yeah, so obviously um, kind of the conclusion of my football career was uh, rather abrupt, as many people know, and um, kind of when that happened, um, when the injury happened, I was – it was very clear to me that that was going to be the end of the road for me, um, just given the, the history of injuries that I've spoken about um, at length many times. Um, but 
at the same time, I really knew all along that whenever football ended, I would go into wealth management. Um, and that kind of, I can't, became very convicted in that sentiment uh, after doing an internship with Paul Journey. Um, that was with Merrill Lynch. And, um, you know, I really just felt like it was a great career for me and it um, matched up well with my personality and, and my abilities. And, um, and it's just something that I'm really passionate about. And so... Um, following the injury, um, my timeline then became very, um, very defined. And so um, I had several connections with Merrill Lynch, but ultimately um, I was um, introduced to a gentleman by the name of Joe Schofield, who went to Clemson. Uh, he's been in the Greenville area for um, essentially his entire life. And uh, he's done exceptionally well in wealth management and um his company, which was formerly CDA Group, um, was acquired by Beacon Point, who I now work for, and um, obviously he as well. So um, Bill Spires uh, was vouched on my behalf and um, among others. And so really just kind of getting connected with Joe, um, I think we hit it off very well early on and, and really just you know, his desire and, and, and willingness to let me kind of come in and, and be in a producing role early on is not an opportunity that a lot of people get. So now kind of here we are. Um, I'm still finishing my MBA this summer, and that's something that I really appreciated Clemson um, being willing to let me see that through. Um, but concurrently, I've also been working full-time um, for Beacon Point in Greenville, um, but at the, also, I'm, uh, we have an office down on Isle of Palms, which is actually where I am right now. Um, and that office is um, now my office, and I'll be moving to Charleston um, full time at the beginning of June. So until that point, I am uh, kind of back and forth, uh, hitting the road a lot. But but it's been great. And like I said, I mean, I just to be able to come in and. Um, be in that client-facing role and be able to take advantage of my relationships at such a young age is definitely uh, a rare opportunity, and I'm very thankful that I have the ability to do that. And also have a guy like Joe, who has been very successful and been in the business for a long time, having his expertise and track record and reputation on my side really allows me to, to come to the table with the, the many great relationships that I have and, and um, you know, the what people know about me as a person, but also having the, the benefit of somebody with that kind of experience in on those conversations. So really, you know, the, the peace of mind is there, um, you know, and people aren't working solely with somebody who um, has little experience from a time perspective. So, um, so that's been exciting. And that kind of, um, I know, frames or um, leads us into the NIL conversation. So uh, I don't know what the next question is, but that's kind of where I'm at now. I'm really excited and um, also just excited to be able to be involved uh, with Clemson in in a different way. Uh, so I've also started in, in my position, I'm on the board, the advisory board for the Department of Management. Um, and actually was had a speaking engagement this past Friday at the business school um, for that. So getting involved there and um, also looking to get have involvement. Uh, it's kind of in the works as far as what it's going to look like, um, but with the 
tiger impact stuff as well obviously i'm fresh off uh being directly in the program and um but being around spring practice in in the springtime um you know i think it's uh, there's a sense of being reinvigorated around the program and uh obviously we've seen a very large amount of turnover in the past year following last season um and a lot of people that are exceptional coaches and players and are have kind of moved on um to whatever their next step is and so now we've got some new faces um you know obviously both coordinators and uh, multiple other position coaches who are now in a, in a different role so um i think it's exciting i think that i was very pleased in particular watching coach austin um and just his what he was doing with the offensive line um and the individual portions of practice and and i thought that that group collectively um looked very good in the spring and i think that you've seen some of those younger guys take that those steps that they need to be taking when they get into their second third and fourth years um so i, I was very happy about that and i think that uh you know for what was a for a lot of people last year, a somewhat disappointing season. I think that there's still a lot of good. And um, I know that we're held to an extremely high standard at Clemson um, from a wins and loss perspective and where we all expect to be at the end of the season. Um, and so that's why even though we had a 10-win season and um, you know fought through a lot of adversity to get to that point, uh, you know, we all have our sights set on things much bigger and, and things that we're ultimately accustomed um, to achieving. So, um, yeah, I think that obviously there's a lot of ownership that needs to happen from the players within. And I uh, think about guys like K.J. Henry and Jordan McFadden, um, you know, that group of guys who is now kind of taking the reins as um, the older players within the program. And, and it's really their job to, to make sure that the culture of, what has made Clemson over the past uh, 15 or so years continues to be the case. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited for this season, and I think that we've got a lot of promising young guys as well. So, uh, you know, it won't be long now, but I, I, I have to say I'm, I'm not too envious of those guys. When, when uh, July and August uh, roll around and they're right in the middle of fall camp, um, you know, I don't think I'm going to miss that all too much. So, um, generally speaking, uh, with regard to the portal and, and NIL, I think that it is definitely much different um, around college football than the, the traditional landscape that we've all known for many, many years. Um, and one of the things that I've always admired about Coach Sweeney and, and Clemson was their reluctance to go into the portal and uh, I think a lot of times teams would find themselves in a situation where they're trying to put a Band-Aid on a, a bullet wound. And and also, just from a cultural perspective, there are challenges that arise when you bring in people into a culture um, and they may or may not be a, a, a great fit for that culture. And so I, I think it's very commendable um, the stance that Coach Sweeney has taken on the portal in the past. But also, I think it's important for everyone to recognize that he has been vocal about um, the fact that times are changing. And um, when there, when a need does arise, that um, that will be something that Clemson will pursue, and, and they already have. And so um, with that, I think, and I know that they will be, but ultimately,
ultimately it goes back to why they were reluctant about it in the first place is just being very selective about um, who they would seek out in the portal. Uh, and I know in particular with the offensive linemen, there were certain criteria that must be met um, in order for them to move forward on somebody. And, and the two guys that they did move forward on, um, you know, they, they elected to go elsewhere. So uh, I'm interested to see how things continue to, to go. Obviously, um, where it's just a new age and, and it is, um, you know, part of me really hates the fact that there's people that are, um, jumping ship on certain schools, what that they signed with out of, uh, high school and, um, seeking new opportunities. I think in certain cases, it's probably not in their best interest, but at the same time, I don't believe that it is correct or fair to, say that in all cases somebody entering the portal is a negative thing and um, no no two situations are the same and so it's really just filtering through um, why somebody is in the portal and and if that reason um, is cause for concern but and then with the Nil space I think that this this has really over the past um, couple weeks has really, exploded into I think what for a lot of people was some of their worst fears and you see people that are not even being remotely uh, shy or sly about their desire to go to the school that's going to pay them the most and I do not believe that is what college athletics is about and I think it's very disappointing that um, the lack of regulation in the space is allowing for this type of activity to take place. And I do not think that um, situations like that are positive. And, and it's very unfortunate, and I, I don't know if it was you or um, somebody else on the Clemson beat who raised the point that um, the generalization of NIL and what it is um, – people are lumping those sort of transactions in with NIL, but ultimately that's not NIL. And if you look at the definition of what NIL is, um, it's not pay for play. And, and, and I think if you take it at face value, I think that NIL is a good thing, but what we have seen is a sort of wild, wild West where the floodgates open and now people are looking for ways and, and actively exploiting, um, the rules. And so it's, it's definitely um, conflicting in a lot of ways. But ultimately, like I said, I believe that NIL is a good thing. I believe that college athletes should be able to take advantage of what is rightfully theirs. And I think it gives um, student athletes the opportunity to, in a lot of cases, um, earn money that they or, or even other members of their family would never have the opportunity to have, certainly at that young age. And so with that being said, um, what my involvement thus far has been in the NIL space, um, a very close friend of mine who is also um, the quarterback at Penn State, he's coming back for his sixth year, um, is Sean Clifford. And uh, he and I were very close friends in high school, like I said, um, developed a very close bond on recruiting trips and a lot of the other things we got to do together because we were 
um, highly recruited. And, and he, I think, is uh, he's a special guy in a lot of ways. He's incredibly competitive. He's passionate. And I know that he, he wants to stand up for what's right as well. And that is something that says a lot about who he is as a person. But I think uh, towards the end of 2021, he identified the need for marketing agencies to represent student athletes for these NIL deals um, that are not going to be predatory or um, are not going to be coming at them with ulterior motives. And I think in some cases you've seen, especially with certain agents who are all of a sudden now rebranding themselves as marketing agents, um, certainly not in all cases, but in certain cases, it does not seem like... um, you know, they are necessarily acting in the best interests of their clients. And ultimately for them, it's, it's a way to position themselves to land those clients um, for when they become professional players and represent them on the contract side of things, which I believe is, is an ethical gray area. Um, and so Sean um, has created Limitless, which was launched recently and um, they are representing the players, and Sean is really the figurehead, and, and he, he's driving the car um, as far as being extremely transparent and having everything they do be based in education. And so that's where we come in is um, the limitless clients are directed towards myself and Beacon Point um, for investment advisory services, and they're not forced to sign with us. Um, we're not operating for free, but what we are doing is that we are dropping our minimum account size to zero. And, uh, traditionally for Beacon Point, our minimum account size is 500,000. Um, and so for us, we feel like we're adding tremendous value to these student athletes and allowing them to have access to true private wealth management services that also provide tax services, um, for you know essentially a very large discount um when you look at what the the traditional minimum fee would be versus what they are being charged so um we're really excited about that and and i feel like it's very valuable for all parties and i know that my experience and and the the very small first-hand experience i had in the nil space um is exists to give them just perspective and, you know, trying to be a voice of guidance and reason and, and educating them on what having this excess wealth as an 18, 19, 20 year old can mean long term for their financial picture. So it's been really cool for me. And it's been I've been very, very happy and excited with um, how much Beacon Point and the leadership at Beacon Point has really um you know, allowed me to take take this and run with it, and and they're just as invested in it as I am, and they understand the value in it as well. And we take great pride in the fact that you know we have almost seventy former student athletes within our company, and a lot of people who are passionate about sports. So uh, for us, it was a no brainer, and and we're really looking forward to to being a, a part of Sean and, and his journey with Limitless. And, and ultimately being an asset to the student-athlete. As far as Clemson athletes, um, no. And uh, I, we are now, as far as otherwise, yes, we are actively working with multiple student-athletes right now. Um, 
and that will continue to grow and and there will be conversations that will be had absolutely but um we really want to grow it the right way and not just go after sheer numbers and really work with people who are going to take advantage of everything that they have at their disposal and and truly understand the value and and what they're receiving and and take heed to the advice so um, obviously, there's several of my former teammates who I think would be an excellent fit for Limitless, and those guys that I would love to work with. And you know, like I said, those conversations will be had at some point. But uh, you know, I think Limitless has some really exciting things coming down the pipeline as well with some strategic partnerships. And, and I do not think it's out of the question that at some point Clemson um, will have some involvement, um, you know, even as high as from an institutional standpoint. So I'm really excited about what's coming down the pipeline there. Like I said, I, I am really passionate about it. And, and I think, you know, there's just a lot of opportunity here. And, and just for me to be, um, like I said, a resource and an asset to to all of these student athletes, Clemson or otherwise, as they navigate um, just kind of this new era, if you will, um, there's a lot of challenges that go along with that, and there's a lot of responsibilities. So um, it's it's cool for me to, to still have that sort of involvement. Now to Jim Stuckey, defensive lineman at Clemson from 76 to 79. Yeah, I live in Charleston, South Carolina. I am single and uh, I sell real estate for Kiowa Island Real Estate and for Kiowa Island Real Estate. Now I'm entering my 29th year just selling real estate here on the island, nowhere else. Yeah, so it's been great. Love living in Charleston. I believe our football program is, <laughs> pardon me, on sound footing um, and everything can be uh, associated with that by what Dabo has done for the culture of Clemson football for uh, that family atmosphere that he brings and uh, the winning attitude and it's the you you play the Clemson way I mean there there's a way that we that he does things that I totally agree with and that's uh, a very successful uh, way by what you see not only on the field but off the field as well and he's not a Jekyll and Hyde guy. What you see is what you get. And if a young man cannot see that, then he's probably not right for our program. I think one of the the, the biggest, one of the biggest, largest reasons that we have been able to be so successful was the stability of the coaching staff with very few people moving to different positions. And it was inevitable with our success that um, Jeff left on the offensive side and Brent left on the defensive side to go on to aspire to, uh, you know, the head coaching ranks. 
when you have success like that, everybody wants to touch it. It's kind of like Bill Belichick. You got a lot of people that left Bill Belichick, but in the end, Dabo was at Clemson, and nobody's beating Belichick. So he's the Bill Belichick of college football. All of his uh, uh, coaches, assistant coaches, and everything, they never, it's been very, very hard for them to meet beat Bill Belichick. And Dabo's the, the one constant. I think it's going to be uh, terrible for the, I think it'll be terrible for college football altogether because uh, some teams can be, can raise more money than other programs. And as a young guy now, it's not so much as to get an education as to where can I make the most money? It used to be when you got drafted into the NFL, you could get your mama a house. But now, if you're a five-star freshman, you can go ahead and buy your mama a house. I, I think it'll be... Um, uh, one, I, I think it will deter from uh, programs competing against each other for the very, very top uh, student athletes where they don't look now what university is. is it will be all about the money. And I don't think that's good. No, I think you got to use it. I think, uh, I think you know, and I don't like that either. If a guy who doesn't get to play that much, he's a four or five star guy, and there's four or five star guys starting in front of him, and he gets ticked off. He just says, "Hell, I'm going getting the portal." I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm not getting enough playing time. I'm out the door. So I think we have to use competitively Clemson as competitively use the portal. And if there is a guy out there, let's go damn get him. I don't like the portal. I don't like that. You can get pissed off. Or if you have an argument with the coach, say the hell with you. I'm going, I'm getting in the portal. Yeah. Teaches people how to quit too soon. Yeah. Quit. Quit on your teammates. Quit on yourself. Looking for that easy way out. That's my opinion. But I'm old school. Now for Willie Korn, who was at Clemson, quarterback from 2008 to 2009. Yeah, so I am uh, the quarterback's coach uh, at Coastal Carolina University. Uh, this will be my sixth season this fall at coastal which is crazy um seems like i just just got here but um and then uh, myself and our running backs coach new and isaac we split uh, offensive coordinator duties so we're both co-offensive coordinators and so the reason i'm at coastal is um when i left clemson um i had a brief summer vacation in huntington west virginia at marshall um and then uh just kidding uh ended up in north greenville um and uh and so Coach Jamie Chowell was the, was the head coach I played for. 
2011 at North Greenville. So I played for him for those two years. Spent one year, um, 2012, just trying to get into coaching. I uh, worked at a, a sports training facility in uh, off of Woodruff Road in Greenville called E1 Sports and was training quarterbacks and receivers and just hoping to get my foot in the door and begin coaching. And then 2013 is when uh, Coach Shawell got the head coaching job at uh, Charleston Southern. FCS school in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, and we were there for four years. Now we've been in Charleston for six years, and um, married. Uh, my wife's name is Charlotte. She um, she played volleyball at North Greenville, so that's how we kind of met. And we've got a daughter uh, named Maggie who turned one in December, and we've got a baby boy on the way coming here in about a, uh, in a month. Uh, so June sixteenth, our uh, our second child will be born. So um, our our whole staff has been together really. I think. Four of our coaches were on that same original staff from North Greenville, so we're just a bunch of bunch of D two guys enjoying coaching ball and and loving the players and and uh, been a been a fun fun ride going through uh, kind of the coaching journey. I've had some good luck. The uh, first one was born December twenty first at the end of the season, and then this one was born June sixteenth, right before <laughs> you get a little bit of a summer summer break, you know. So uh, uh, we've we've got some good timing so far. No no uh, no, no none of them born during the during the season when you're trying to get ready for a, for an opponent. Yeah, so I, uh, yeah, it fills you with a, with a lot of um, a lot of a lot of pride just to see what they've done, um, and just to watch it and pay close attention to it from afar. I've always I always keep up with the program. I watch them whenever I can, and I mean, crap, a uh, uh, you know, a bunch of former teammates or position coaches. You know, Tyler Grisham, Grisham coaching receivers, Thomas Austin coaching offensive line. I mean, it's just so. Uh, and, and there's more than that. Obviously, DeAndre McDaniel, Cavell, Connor. There's so many guys that I, that I played with um, that are that are there in a the part of the program and making an impact. And it's just amazing just to see the consistency of the program, to see what they've done. Um, I can remember. You know, I started going to Clemson games when I was in fourth grade. I remember being, we moved to Anderson, and I remember myself, my two younger brothers, and my dad, we'd be at the, as high in the stadium as you can possibly sit, top top corner, um, behind the home bench, and we'd have a plate of nachos in front of us, and win or, win or lose, you're excited to go down and run on run on Death Valley as a, as a 10-year-old kid, and, um, and just to, uh, you know, you know, envision yourself as being Rod Gardner and Matt Lawyer. Although I thought I was going to be a receiver, I realized that I, I didn't. I, I wasn't capable of that. Uh, but you know, when you look back on those those times, um, going as a as a as a kid with the with just being a big fan, and then you you continue going to get to games, and you have a dream of being a part of the team and being a part of the program, and you know, having visions of winning a national championship when you're there, and then to see that come to fruition, I, I was at a coaches convention i think it was in nashville the year that uh, uh deshaun won it in uh 2016 and um i mean it, pro- it sounds probably corny but I, I was i was almost like filled with tears watching uh, that final touchdown pass to to hunter renfro and uh, so it, it just you get flooded with all those just great memories of, of going as a kid and being a part of the program as a player just to see the continued success you're just so happy for so many people and really I, when i look back i've got a, a just a thankful heart of just being a part of the program as a player uh, with Coach Sweeney as a head coach and just, you know, really, I didn't know I was going to become a coach at that point in my life, but now, you know, I'm thankful to be a part of the program that he ran as a head coach because, you know, we, we try to, just like a lot of places, we try to emulate a lot of the things that Clemson has instilled within their program, within our own program at Coastal Carolina, uh, where, you know, we, 
want to love our players and we don't want it to be fourth and one every single day. We want it to be fun for them and want, want them to enjoy the experience. And people probably don't see that. People probably see the more of the videos and, and celebrations and all that stuff. But, you know, there's a lot of accountability and discipline within our program. And, um, and it's very modeled very similar to what Coach Sweeney has there. So I'm thankful that I was able to experience it as a player uh, and you're able to try and implement and, and share some of those things now in a different role as a, as a coach. Yeah, um, you know, there, there's probably better um, people to ask about within the profession. We just, at the group of five level, level you know, I, I don't think it's as, it's not as rampant as it is at the power five level. So we're not having to, from a professional standpoint, we're not having to have a ton of those types of conversations when it comes to recruiting and different things like that. Obviously, it's, it's a lot bigger at, at, the, at, at the power five level. Um, I think it's, I think it's creating uh you know, opportunities for, for, for players to um, obviously create value for themselves. I think it's it's rapidly changing within one year. I think it'll continually to rapidly change. I think there will – I think everybody's kind of pushing the doomsday button and thinking, oh, this is just completely changing college football. And it's – I think, you know, um, there will be more and more guidelines and more and more structure to it over the next few years. And eventually we'll get it to the point where it's – a little bit more structured than maybe what it feels like right now, but I think it's a it's a great a great great opportunity and great thing for players to be able to create value for themselves. And we just I don't have really a big personal experience with it from a professional standpoint, just because at Coastal Carolina you really don't have too many of those conversations. I think it's all at the obviously the SEC, Big Ten, ACC level uh, Power Five programs that are really having to kind of experience it right now. Similar with the portal. Uh, portal, I, I, I think, um, you know, I, uh, I think it's, I have a positive uh, view on it um, because, I mean, I'm, I'm a guy that, you know, I, I stayed until until I got my degree from Clemson, but, I, you know, having the opportunity to play and, and um, was a big part for, you know, important to me for my experience. So, you know, I, I can't be negative on it and have a negative view on it. And I'd be a hypocrite because I, um I was a grad transfer. It was different back then. It wasn't a transfer portal, but um, I do think it's a positive thing for guys that um, if they're not the right fit at a certain place, you know, they have goals and aspirations of trying to find uh, find what they're looking for. They have that opportunity now. Um, you know, I, I am thankful though. I'm, I'm probably grateful there. Um, I'm definitely grateful now that, you know, I look back and I obviously I, I, I went through some, some challenges and stuff during my, my playing career when I was at Clemson and I didn't achieve the goals that I kind of had laid out for myself. But I'm thankful that I went through some of those difficult times because I think it, it makes me a better coach now that allows me to be able to empathize with, with players that maybe are going through similar um, challenges with injuries or, you know, just, uh, you know, just disappointments, not living up to their own expectations. I feel like um, thankfully I was able to, I wouldn't have said that at the time, but now looking back, I'm grateful that I went through some of those challenges because I think it's made me a better coach and and um, and just made me a more, more complete person when you have to kind of go through, persevere through through some some challenges and some difficulties. So um, I think it, I think just like anything, it can it can it can be a negative thing, but I think overall, I think it's it's a it's a positive thing for players if they use it in a positive way. To Landon Walker. Offensive lineman from 2008 to 2011. So I'll, I'll just basically start off by saying that, um, you know, obviously I've been in, in NASCAR with Hendrick Motorsports for 10 years now, since basically since I've been out of uh, Clemson. And, you know, that's been going really well. And 
um, basically from from what I've been on that end is has kind of helped transition me into being able to have a trucking business at the same time with you know the weekend schedule and having some some flexible time during the week. But that being said, you know it was um, you know obviously being a Hendrick is is a uh, you know I have to give most of the credit to, to being a, you know playing at Clemson because they kind of get, it gave me that pedestal in order for me to get um, an opportunity there to start my career with, with NASCAR. So that kind of being said, you know, with um, what I've been doing the last 10 years, fueling race cars and that type of thing, it's, it's, it's changed so much, but it's also kind of, um, it's remained constant because most everyone, they always ask me, you know, it's the first thing I always get, no matter how long I've been gassing is, Oh, there's the guy that played football at Clemson, you know? So <laughs> it obviously it's, it's funny how that name and, and that brand has been recognized. Like, just, you know, uh, of course, across the United States, everywhere we go. So it's, it's a well-known, um, you know, just a well-known brand because of what they've done it, it, when I was there. And of course, since I've been there, but, you know, gassing for fueling the race cars at Hendrick is it's been awesome. You know, I think that um, the most, I guess the most, uh, I don't want to say, uh, you know, transferable thing from, from college to that, but it's just still feeling like I'm part of a sport with camaraderie, with uh, the team aspect that, that, that Hendrick Motorsports offers. Um, it's so much like, a, you know, like I had in college and, um, small, much smaller team aspect, obviously, but uh, just being able to, you know, be able to still have that that team aspect of of what I'm doing, and I'm and I'm I'm very fortunate, you know, being my age, being able to have, uh, being able to be competing in a team sport. Uh, well, basically, I'm in I'm in Cheryl's Ford, but you can Mooresville is probably the most you know recognizable city. Nobody's gonna know where Cheryl's Ford is. Okay, so. gotcha. But uh, yeah, so I've been doing that and. Um, the trucking business has has been good, you know, with being contracted to FedEx. Um, you know, I, I really have have had to grow my business over the last five or six years since I've been doing this, and um, it's been very helpful to be in a sport where I can do that, and and you know, being able to to kind of grow it small and and learn from my mistakes and and do things the right way is has been a blessing. I have two kids, so uh, older Skyler is my daughter, who's three. And my son Peyton is—he's 16 months now. We got a wide open house with, with you know, two 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 kids. So very blessed on that end. And my wife Christy, who was also went to Clemson. So, um, you know, we just you know, we're living up this way and and kind of just trying to trying to survive like everybody else. You know, just day, taking it day by day, doing the best we can, man. Well, it's it's the, what they've done has been. Uh, just tremendous, you know, over the last decade, I think, you know, even since I've been, I played there and, you know, I think that the coach Sweeney is, is not only a head coach, but he's a great, he's a great manager of the program. He's a great businessman and he's a great leader. And I think that the, the things he's done there shows, you know, what he, who he is as a man, obviously the people he's brought in that, to that program, um, you know, obviously have made it what it is because he, he, because he has those faith in those people to do that job. But I think that that shows what type of person coach Sweeney is because of the, the people he's built the program around. 
obviously, you know, there's some former players in there now coaching guys I played with. And, um, you know, I could we could sit here and have a conversation about how much uh, of an impact Thomas Austin and Tyler Grisham, um, those types of guys, just that, that I really, you know, played with and know will have on that program. Uh, they're good dudes and they're just hard workers. And, and those types of guys are, are, you know, like the types of guys Coach Sweeney has surrounded the program with. So I think the, the most um, kind of, uh, I don't know, impressive thing to me is how, how what great people that Coach Sweeney has put in, in place in that program. And, and I think you see the results from that. You know, I think that, that it's been fun to sit back as a, as a former player and see uh, so much success and growth and, and, and just, you know, just to, just to, it, it just has that, that built that Clemson name even more to, to how it's, you know, how it is today. So I think they've just done a great job with everything. And um, the players that, you know, that are, that are former players, it's so fun that we have a bond and they've done a good job creating a good network there system for, for former players and being able to talk to each other. And, you know, I've got guys that, that have reached out to me for, for trucking and stuff and things like that. So it's it's such a cool network we have there, and I think that's very uncommon in college sports. I don't think there's a lot of, of former alumni programs that have that sort of uh, setup that we have, you know, just, just that. I think there's a lot of good resources there at Clemson for, for these guys that are currently playing, and I think there's a lot of resources for their, for their uh, status after they're done playing, whether it be the NFL, whether it be after college, whatever the situation may be for them we all get told one way or another what we're done one day. And I think, um, you know, it's, it's, they have grace, you know, that's the other thing, what the program has done off the field, uh, in my opinion is almost more impressive than the things they've done on the field with mm-hmm. the national championships and, uh, you know, all the wins and the, and the, and the great success they've had on the field. I think it's, 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 you know, just impressive. But like I said, the, I think he's reached, you know, way more, goals off the field than I could ever imagine he would do well you know I, I think the portal and, and the NIL has has obviously changed football forever as we know it and whether that be a good thing or a bad thing you know I guess to be determined uh, there's no really I don't think we've quite seen the um, results or the outcome from from what this the NIL deal will become and I personally think that it could be a great thing, um, you know, for players. And I think it could be something that, that if it's used in the right way, um, we could, uh, like Clemson as a, as a, as a whole could be better for it. Um, but it definitely is something that I think it could be, um, used in wrong ways. You know, I think there's programs out there that are, that are, you know, I think they're, they're not doing necessarily the right things with it but i think it's very it's a very volatile state right um i think it's something that you really have to be careful with how 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 it's operated by players because you know i i go back to when i was 18 and and the ability to to make money from your name at that age and being able to you know bring in some uh you know have some jersey sales or or whatever the situation may be have some um booster uh, you know, donate money because of, you know, I think the players need to be able to, to, to not only obviously you need to use a recruiting source, but also use it. Like once you're there, take that money needs to be, you know, these guys need to help be helped to manage their money. 
I think it's a tough situation. I think if you gave me eight, you know, I was 18, gave me that type of money, uh, it'd been very tough for me to, to, <laughs> to know what to do with that type of money at that age. So, um, not only I think it's important for these guys to receive the money, but I think it's very important for them to understand how, how they can invest it or how they can, uh, you know, maybe use it to their advantage for when they they do get out of college, they have um, a cushion so they can have some time to figure out what they want to do. So I think there's there's a lot of there's a lot of great things about it, and I think it can can be a great thing. And uh, you know, more on the NIL, and I think we're more on the the transfer portal. Um, you know, I'm I'll be I'll be honest. I don't love the transfer portal, but I but I don't I don't want to come off as if i don't think it's it, it can be a good thing for for players that that really need the transfer portal um i think there's guys that they work really hard and they deserve an opportunity to play and that and they may, that may not happen at a clemson university it may not happen at a at an alabama so i think for those guys to have a chance to play i think the transfer portal is a great thing so many guys now that are in that program that these players can use and say, Hey, should I, is this something I should look into? And maybe the, they'll get the honest answer of, of maybe yes or no. So I, I, like I said, it's, it's very, very, uh, volatile, uh, opportunity for players, but I think it's used in the right way. I think it can be very, very, uh, helpful. If you're in the Eastern Midlands and PD area and you're in any way interested in buying and selling a home, commercial property, land, need to consider reaching out to Uptown Realty. They're based out of Sumter and run by a friend of mine, Patrick Enzer, big Clemson guy, used to cover the Tigers in a newspaper capacity, longtime supporter of Tiger Illustrated, longtime listener to the Dubcast. The home buying process should be an enjoyable experience, so let Patrick and his staff do all the heavy lifting. All you got to do is pick up the phone and call 803-774-0435 or go to UptownRealtySC.com. Want to share a quick word about Founders Federal Credit Union? If you've been to a sporting event in Clemson, you've probably heard about Founders already. They are the official credit union partner of the Clemson Tigers. In addition to that, all Clemson faculty, staff, and students are eligible for membership as well as IPTA members. Matt Gross is a proud Clemson alum and the vice president for the Clemson market for Founders Federal Credit Union. Matt's office is located beside the Walmart neighborhood market on Old Greenville Highway in Clemson. For more information, go to foundersfcu.com. When you're ready for a complete renovation in your home or business, open the door to more with Harris Home and Harris Commercial. Their local experience team will totally transform any room space from beautiful floor coverings to construction to finished details. Harris handles every step of your renovation process, whether it's a kitchen or living room or an industrial or educational setting, like some of the positively stunning work they've done at Clemson University. Go to discoverharris.com and experience a total renovation transformation from Harris Home and Harris Commercial. To Dustin Fry, offensive lineman from 03 to 06. Yeah, I mean, so really, uh, uh, when we got finished in Arkansas, when we got fired in Arkansas and then kind of COVID hit, um, I haven't coached, uh, you know, since Arkansas. Um, and I just uh, kind of now getting back into it this year. Um, I'm actually volunteering at, a, at Old County High School. So that's actually where I'm heading right now to go talk a little offense but um you know when when COVID hit I, I uh uh you know and obviously getting fired at Arkansas has kind of been a crazy two years and um you know kind of going from 
from what we went with it went through at Arkansas and um, just kind of got a little burnt out by it and, and uh, never was the whole plan to be out for two years, but it kind of was one of those things that just happened. And um, so, so yeah, I've been, you know, really just kind of enjoying the family and, and uh, you know, have two, two boys now. My oldest is autistic. And, um, so that's one of the reasons why we've kind of ended up, uh, kind of staying put and finding and staying in try on, uh, you know, when we were at, in Dallas for SMU and then Arkansas, he had to, he had to change schools about four times in three years. And, uh, you know, if you, for, for autistic kids, that type of movement isn't great. So we kind of set out to find a place that we could set up shop and, and a home base. And, um, Really, uh, Tryon Elementary and, and Polk County has been great for us and great for for my son. So we've kind of just we stay around here. And, and uh, you know, this December we were close to getting back into it. And it didn't happen. So kind of the same thing. We're just we're just kind of living in Tryon and enjoying it. And um, you know, like I said, I'm starting to help out at the high school to get back at back around football a little bit. But um, other than that, that's that's really been it, man. We. We had those good runs at SMU, and then, you know, obviously Arkansas didn't happen like we wanted it to, and uh, so that's kind of where I'm at today. Yeah, in, in college, yeah. There was a couple opportunities, um, one that was really close that uh, ended up not working out, um, which, you know, it, it is what it is. That's kind of how the job is, but it was my first really off season of, of really trying to get back into it, I guess. Um you know, it's always a one of those things because you, you have to you have to really commit to that time that time uh, you know obligation when you're obviously a filling in college football, and so um, that didn't work out, and and so I I've uh, just to just to stay in it, I you know started with with these guys at Polk County, which has been a lot of fun, and and kind of getting back around guys, you know, kids that are you know. Need, need teaching from the ground up and not having to deal with recruiting and all the other, you can kind of just coach football and, and, uh, and, and, uh, teach kids and mentor kids and, and, uh, you know, not have to deal with some of that stuff in, in college that, uh, you have to deal with. But, uh, so yeah, that's kind of, kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. I mean, it's been, been kind of unbelievable the way they've, you know, it's a, when, when I played, we always, dream to be a 10 win team and and um that was always our goal and and so when you have the run they've had and then you have a supposedly down year and you still go 10 and 3 um uh, i uh i i think probably uh more of the same as ahead as in they're gonna keep winning and keep working and um i feel like years like that uh, when you've had a good run, um, years like that are needed a little bit to kind of reinvigorate you and, and kind of maybe do some things differently or, or you know, just kind of get your juices going again because it's really easy when you when you win all the time and um, not to become complacent, but just to be like, well, this is this is just this is what we do. And um, I think I think last year was good for the Clemson fan base. I think it was good for the coaches at Clemson. I think it was good for coach Sweeney. Um, Cause it just gets you thinking a little bit different. Like, Hey, this, this, this run isn't, it's not easy to win football games. Uh, winning football games in college football 
is is very difficult. It's very difficult, and um, the run they've had from from 20, 2015 until last year, that's you know that's dynasty right there. And and so I feel like they're just going to pick up right where they left off and keep getting better and keep recruiting. And I think they'll be right back in it um, this year and 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 through the next year. So um, I don't see any stop. Uh, you know, obviously losing. Uh, your coordinators like they did. Uh, Venables is a big loss, and, and Tony's a big loss. But, um, you know, it, Coach Swinney, he always has a plan in mind, and I'm sure he's, uh, he's uh, you know, got it right where he wants it. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been fun to watch as, as an as a alumnus and a fan. Um, you know, I, as, a, as a coach, you get uh, a little bit, you know, uh, into it too much. Um, but as a fan and alumnus, uh, it's it's been nice. It's been it's been great to see the success uh, that they've had, and, and to be able to, you know, tell people you you went to Clemson. And even if they were two and ten, I'd still be saying I went to Clemson. Uh, but still, it's just it's been nice as a as a, a fan and alumnus for sure. College football is no longer college football. Um, essentially, things that have gone under the radar are now out in the open. As in, you know. <laughs> Teams were doing NILs before NILs were illegal. Were illegal. Um, so now it's just all out in the open now, which is fine. I agree with players getting paid. I agree with, uh, you know, college athletes being able to make money. Um, it just does seem, with the portal, um, it does seem a little bit um, like the Wild West that needs to be reined back a little bit in that regard. Um, I do believe kids should be able to transfer freely. Um I just there needs to be something in place for kids to you know get an ideal at one school, transfer, keep the money, get an ideal at another school, you know, keep the money. There just seems to be a little bit too much fast and loose with the rules right now, and I'd like to see that tightened up. Um, but I think college athletes deserve money. We're no longer in a in a amateur. I mean, we've become it's become the Olympics. I mean, this is a semi pro league. Let's be be real here uh, you know it may be only a matter of time before they they take the three-year deal away where kids can leave after a year um now in the nfl i don't think necessarily too many kids are going to be ready after a year in college but um you know it's kind of all, all that's moving into the players hands and and um the ncaa's lost its grip and uh i think they're going to keep losing the grip i just i just see this thing is now it's going to be hard to stop it um, but I just some of that I would like to see reined in just a little bit, or some a little bit maybe more regulation on it. Not not to have too much oversight, but um, maybe just a little bit more regulation with the transfer portal, and maybe some of the the NIL deals, and you know, with the transferring. But um, I don't know, man. It's it's weird. It's a, definitely a weird time for college football. It's an exciting time for college football, but it's it's lost its purity. I would say that it's no longer what it once was, and you know I probably see in the next maybe five years there being a super league, and then you know probably the NCAA maybe oversee um, like the you know the group of five and the smaller schools. But I see the 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 big the big power five schools 
breaking away from the NCAA and kind of running the show on their own uh, with commissioners and things. I just don't see the NCAA having any more power. Um, you know, it's kind of seeing what they are and, and how they're, uh, you know, weak-handed in a lot of things and, and really shouldn't have the power they should have. Um, so that's kind of where I see it going. I still think college football is going to be quality. I still think it's going to be good. I just think it's going to be a little bit more, um, you know, you're going to see more. Uh, it's going to be tough for smaller schools just because you're you're going to get paid by you're going to lose kids to NIA, NIL deals from other schools. So um, it's it's always been the haves and have nots, but this is just going to make it even more unless you have a really good booster program. Um, I was talking to uh, one of my guys I played or I played with one of my guys I coached with. He's a head coach at a school in Texas, and he had a kid all the way committed for like three, four months, night before signing day, another school in the same state offered him 50K and NIL and he left and committed to the, so when you have a school and, and, and you're kind of, you know, recruiting is important and having good recruiting coaches is important, but you're now getting to the point where, man, you're going to invest all this time in these kids and then a, a school's going to come in with a check at the last minute and steal them. Um, so there's going to have to be a strategy shift there's going to have to be some type of um, of way of getting these kids signed maybe earlier so they can't do that to you. Um, I don't know, man, but that's just that's tough for, for a school like that to recruit a kid that long and then get paid off. You know that that used to happen, but it was always a it was always a bad man under the table somewhere and you didn't know about it and you're just like, oh, he he committed at the last minute. I wonder how that happened. Um, but now it's out in the open and. And uh, you know, uh, we'll see how we'll see how the recruiting has, uh, atmosphere changes with that. The, the strategy and recruiting changes with that. To the legendary Levon Kirkland, linebacker from '88 to '91. Well, I'm back home in South Carolina. Uh, I live in West Columbia, actually, and I am with the South Carolina Football Hall of Fame as their vice president of development. And matter of fact, we're having our Bridge Builders Excellence Award tomorrow night, and then we're going to have our Hall of Fame ceremony on Friday night. And so I'm 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 going back to um, I'm getting my master's degree in psychology. I am also hosting a couple of radio uh, a couple of podcasts. Uh, hopefully, I can do a radio show one day. But that's it. Being a father and, and getting older and wiser. Oh, I think the football program is, uh, I mean, it is golden ages. I, I, I think that Dabo has done a tremendous job with the program, creating a culture and a vision within his players, uh, creating a, what I would call a family atmosphere, but also a very competitive, hardworking uh, organization that, has really had a great deal of success. When they initially hired him, I I wouldn't imagine the success, but uh, he seems to have a vision about where he wants Clemson to, to go in. I think that the team will continue to have tremendous success. I, I think there's another national championship along the horizon. So it's been really good. It's been, it's been a pleasure to watch. I mean, I thought that we did had some really good success when I was there at Clemson, but nothing to this magnitude. And it's a beautiful thing. I 
I I would be one of the first to say that I wanted them to hire Dabo Swing before anybody wanted them to hire him. I actually, when he was the interim coach, I went to his office on Thanksgiving. Uh, we talked about me joining the staff in some kind of capacity. And he gave me his, like, vision of what he thought Clemson should be. And I thought, like, man, I hope they hire him. I really do. And when they did, man, I thought it was a good thing. And I thought it was going to be successful because I see what, you know, the forethought that he had about what Clemson could possibly be. So I would be one of the first ones to say I wanted them to hire him. It's just how he wanted to present Clemson the branding and marketing of uh, Clemson University and what they would mean to a young man that comes to that school. And also, um, he envisioned having championships. And a lot of times, you know, we got to live by faith and not by sight. And I'm sure a lot of people didn't see that, but sometimes you got to live by faith and not by sight. So he did that, and that was the thing that really – really resonated with me that he was he saw Clemson um, like we see Clemson now (laughs) well you know I think football's in an uncertain state to be honest with you Um, you know it was in one way it was kind of it had a routine but I think now it's it's uncertain Uh, with a like like you said with the transfer portal uh, the NIL, I, I think it's difficult to know where we're going. I, I feel like college football is really in some murky waters. <laughs> and everything's not clear. There's no real clear path to uh, to the transfer portal or, or the NIL. And I think that um, there's got to be a lot of education about it, not just to the college kids that get, you know, who are involved more so. But I think that, you know, for the up-and-coming high school kids who are going to be involved, uh, there's a lot more to it than just with the NIL getting money and with the transfer portal just going to another school. There's a lot more to it. Every situation is different. And I would say when some of these contracts were up with the ACC and the SEC, you kind of wonder, will there be a division? Between, you know, will schools start going elsewhere, you know, go out their own or step outside the NCAA? I think it, I think it could possibly happen. I, I think they're beneficial. And then I also think there's a, um, there's a part about it that is confusing. Yeah. I, I think that we're in the midst of the confusion. We don't quite know exactly what it's all about. <laughs> I mean, I think kids are going into the transfer portal a little uninformed. I think the NIL has a lot more variables than, hey, here's a here's a deal for you and you can make some money. I, I think it has a lot more, as I said before, a lot more steps, a, a, lot, a lot of things that we must learn about it that we got to catch up to the actions that are happening. I don't think we quite caught up. I don't think ADs or uh, the NCAA know exactly uh, what's, you know, all the issues and all the variables. So I, in, in one way, I think it's a good thing 
that players can make money off their name and image, but then it can be out of control when you're giving an 18 year old um, hundreds of thousands of dollars, or at some point maybe it get to a million. I mean, wow. Uh, so, and then the transfer portal, you see it work out for one kid, but then there's probably a hundred kids that it doesn't work out for. Now these kids may be stranded in the transfer portal and, you know, they don't have a place to go. So now you just, now a guy who might've had a scholarship somewhere is in a portal and now he may not be able to finish his education free of charge. So... I think it's, uh, I think it's, I think it's good and bad, to be honest with you. To Robert Carswell, defensive back from 97 to 2000. Yes, sir, yeah. Uh, this is my second year um, as an assistant principal and um, currently enrolled at Wingate uh, University. Uh, to get my doctorate. So I started my dissertation in August. Kind of made a total transformation. Uh, educational leadership, so I'm aspiring to be a superintendent. You know, the next, you know, I don't, you know, just to get that doctorate in educational leadership and uh, and then start exploring my options. Really, I'm going to do one more year as an assistant principal and then I'm going to put my name in the hat to become a principal and then just take the necessary steps to become a superintendent. Uh, this is my seventh year. Yep, so I taught second grade. Uh, spent three years out in Fairfield County and then came and taught two years in Richland, too. And now this is my second year as an assistant principal. Yeah, living in Columbia, man. And so I'm that, I'm that Clemson guy for everybody down here. And I'm holding the fort down. So, you know, it was rough those years. We weren't, you know, when... Uh, South Carolina was winning. I think they had about five or in, the, in a row or so. It got pretty bad down here, but uh, I definitely appreciate Coach Sweeney and the guys turning the tables. So, you know, I go to school, I got my jersey on, and I wear my hat and my bowl ring, you know, and, and you know, put my helmet on and walk through the halls so they know what my allegiance is down here. And I got an old wrestling championship belt that I put on every time and walk through the halls after the game. Just a real championship belt. Kind of like the one I think somebody had one after they beat South Carolina around their waist. I can't remember who it was a couple of years back. It's a big, looked like a Ric Flair championship belt. <laughs> you do that only after they beat South Carolina? After they beat South Carolina, man, I'll go into Walmart down here like that. And I'll go into the local grocery stores and just shop around just like that with that belt on in my jersey. Of course, they, they bring it to me the same way. So if we lose a game or something like that, they decorate my door and all kind of stuff. So I lay down the ultimate trump card that I never lost to the game. Yep, so I'm uh, married uh, to my wife, Demetria. Uh, this will be 14 years this year. And we have a little daughter named Grace, who's a seventh grader. And so, uh, yeah, she's over at Creighton Middle School. So, you know, living that, that dad girl life. So it's a lot of former teammates with little girls. And we kind of collaborate together, trying to learn how to do hair and all this other stuff. Man, I love it. Uh, you know, when Coach Sweeney took over, man, I... I I supported him, and uh, I love that he's taking the program to new heights. 
Um, not only has he taken it to new heights, but he's sustained it, and he's done it the right way. You know, you look at him, he's graduating our players. Um, our, our guys are going on to be productive in the NFL, and the guys that's not making it to the NFL, they're going on to be productive because of some of the programs that he put in place. You know, uh, some of the programs to help them make that transition from football to, uh, to you know, life. And so I, I really applaud him and commend him on those. And I'm going to tell you something about Coach Sweeney, man. The way he links the current program with the past players. I mean, I got a video of my daughter walking in the national championship parade, getting a chance. My daughter and my wife walked down the hill into Death Valley. And you couldn't tell my daughter at the time, I think she was eight or seven, but she uh, thought that that championship parade was all about her. And so the fact that Coach Sweeney would allow the former players to come in and, uh, you know, be a part of that, man, I think that's special. And then something else, you know, I used to work the, uh, the summer football camps. And so I knew Coach Sweeney, but I didn't know him. And so I got a chance to kind of talk to him. And he kind of, like you, you know, asked me, was I married? And just kind of my personal life. And I told him I was a teacher at the time and aspiring to be a principal. And, you know, he told him about my daughter, Grace. And, man, it was probably three or four years later, I had, uh, you know, Coach Sweeney to the point where we could talk. And some of the first things he asked me was, you know, how's Grace doing? How's, you know, Demetria? How's your uh, pathway to become a principal? And I just think that that's amazing for him to be able to make those connections where, I mean, that's special. I mean, I, I have a hard time remembering what I ate for breakfast, but for him to remember something about me, you know, three, three or so years later, I just thought that was real special. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of 50-50 on all that change. You know, I'm, I'm kind of old school. You know, you get in and you kind of, kind of fight for your position and you know you get coached hard you don't necessarily transfer like that um but i can see where there's a benefit as well you know i look at some former clemson guys you look at uh chas maluzzi um you know i know he got hurt there toward the end but he was a guy that you know played sparingly and then he transfers to wisconsin and he was putting up some pretty big numbers you know and then you look uh i think his name was zarek cooper you know, he was another guy that played sparingly, and then, you know, he transferred to, um, uh, what was it, Jacksonville State or something like that. Yeah, so, you know, he, he's putting up pretty good numbers down there. But I guess where I, I kind of cringe is when you see guys team hopping. You know, they go somewhere, and they don't play here, then they transfer somewhere else, then they transfer somewhere else. You know, I think they miss out on that, that, that camaraderie where when we go back up to Clemson, you know, I got we got stories that where we get a chance to sit down and we talk about. We don't talk about the scores. We don't talk about the the uh, the games. We talk about the, the different stories that happen on the team bus or on the happen that on you know on the airplane or that happen in study hall. And so you know, I think sometimes guys can miss out on that um, with the transfer portal. Um, but as far as that NIL stuff, you know, I'm, I'm kind of mixed on that as well. You know, I, I think it's great that guys can come in and, and kind of uh, make some money off their name and their likeness. But I just want them to stay focused on, you know, school. You know, remember that they're a student athlete. So focus on school, focus on football and, fa you know, family and all of that stuff. 
and then that NIL kind of comes third. But, you know, there's some guys who don't get a chance to play professional football, and they come out of the game when they're done playing with the same bumps and bruises and soreness that guys that get when they go to play pro. But it'll be nice for them to kind of walk away with a nice jump start um, in life. You know, if they're able to secure some money during college to kind of help out their families and um, kind of them out as a, as a jump start in life, I think that's great. But again, I, I just want guys to stay focused on the, you know, keep the main, I heard Coach Sweeney say, keep the main thing the main thing. You know, and I think the main thing is student athlete and um, taking care of business on the field and in the classroom. And last but not least, the great Woody Dantzler, QB, 98 to 2001. So I am still in the upstate, uh, upstate South Carolina, hanging out there. And um, I'm actually still in pharmaceutical sales. So currently my disease state that I'm in is respiratory. Gotcha. I focus on asthma patients. So I have medicine for asthma patients, inhalers. And on top of that, I am currently in school getting my master's in biblical studies. I'm going to Anderson University. On top of that, I also have a business that I run, Dashler 3 LLC, which I do speaking under the name Wooden Pieces. And I also do some community work. I actually just launched a mentoring program called DR Squared, which stands for Discipline, Respect, and Responsibility. I have 15 kids that I mentor at a local middle school in Anderson. So, and that's been going really well. I actually planted some activities for them now. Oh, what else? Work with this group on part of this group called uh, QB Legacy made up of professional trainers across the country in which we really focus in on training the athletes, the QBs on the fundamentals of the game of being a quarterback and not just the fundamentals of position specific but also life skills as well so we developed the whole human being, not just the football side, but the the life side as well. So it's always like a training slash mentor program. And that might be it for now, other than being a husband and a father. I have two kids. One is um in her first year of college and the other is in middle school. I feel like they're in a very, very good place, honestly. Um, last year didn't go as many expected, but you, you got to kind of, you actually kind of expect it a little bit. You got to when you see a group of kids recycle over and over, not, well, not recycle as far as graduating class, new leadership, you know, the team's going to take on a new identity, not an identity separate from what the coaching staff and the organization is trying to promote, but just within that actual philosophy of the coaches, you'll have individual leadership that'll be slightly different under that regime. So, um, it was a little shifting of the tide and injuries, and it was a rough year last year. But still, I think they're in a great place. They got some great kids. The structure is still very, very strong. So expecting nothing but some good things here coming in the future. It's it's a gift and a curse, all wrapped into one. 
because I mean it's great because you know people see hey these kids are getting paid for their lightness and their image and they're finally getting the money that they reserve which is great and what I see I see a young individual learning about branding learning how to market themselves learning how to budget money and learn all these things that's going to take them far far in in the world but then on the flip side of that it can also be a thing to where more people instead of actually you know we go to we we get so focused on the athletic side we forgot that these kids are student athletes so now a lot of these kids are going to go to where the money is as um they're going to go to where the money is more so than where the institution actually has a degree program and a structure that's going to build them up academically as well. So you miss out, you kind of get some of that missed out on. So now you got as a kid just focusing on football and the money. But I mean, and it is, like I say, it's, it's a gift and a curse. But then one of the biggest things with the transfer portal, it's great that these kids can, can, you know, I guess up and leave. But when anything it does, it, it kind of, takes away the commitment thing i make a commitment here and then but then i go decide to leave not because i i'm not taking away some some kids actually have legitimate reasons to transfer something at home like just something just happened they just decided it's a legitimate reason but because i'm not starting and i'm not getting the plenty of time i want i'm gonna leave now that's that's i don't i don't i don't really agree with that because it's teaching them that even in the, we get out of football, let's say they play in the league, and then you come out of that and you're in the job market and you're working, are you going to quit your job because you don't get the promotion or you don't get your name on it? So this is stuff like that, that being able to transfer for such frivolous reasons occur. But then even, even worse, you hear about the kids who transfer and leave, and you'll see some of the high mark guys have offers, different offers. For every one or two that you see, you still got probably got 10 or 15 that are still sitting out there without an offer. You decide to transfer, and now I'm sitting out there without an offer. And now um, I don't have a scholarship. I'm not going to school. So, you know, what's good? No one's reported on these kids and what's happening to them. So it's just you take the good with the bad and you just try to affect the ones that you can and just just pray for the best and hope for the best. Okay, once again, sorry for the delay on this. Really appreciate the time of all of our guests on this part two and then part one. Appreciate the support of our sponsors, of course. And then, finally, thanks to every one of you for hitting that play button. Really appreciate it. Cheers.